0: The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Mystic Customizable cards. In this episode, we discuss Living Ink, Summon Servitor, and Power Word. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on the Whisper and Darkness: the best of the best get an Elder sign, while the worst of the worst get an auto fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or elder thing respectively. Cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a blessed token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or simply bad for the big game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Coleman Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. We are making our way through the customizable cards. We have uh, made it all the way up to Mystic. How are you doing, catastrophic?
1: Man, we are almost there and I'm really glad we picked a good day to talk about the mystic cards cuz I've been playing some mystic cards lately. So I have I have words on mystic cards. How about you? I hear you've been playing Mystics as well.
0: I have been playing Mystics as well, and I've actually uh, had a chance to test some of these customizable cards. So, uh,
1: what? So, these aren't first blush reviews that are six months old? No, these are like actual informed reviews. Look at this. They sure are. Great content.
0: Look at us playing the cards that we're talking about.
1: Crazy. Not only have we read them, but we've tried them.
0: We're going to start with Living Ink. It is a free asset. With the Ritual trait customizable, when you purchase Living Ink, choose a skill and circle it on its upgrade sheet. Uses three charges. Remove one charge from Living Ink at the start of each of your turns. If Living Ink has no charges, discard it, and you get plus one to the chosen skill or skills. Living Ink takes up a body slot. Now, Living Ink has seven customizations. For 1 XP, you can get Shifting Ink. You may play Living Ink under the control of another Investigator at your location. For 1 XP, you can get Subtle Depiction. At the start of your turn, you may choose not to remove one charge from Living Ink and ignore its ability for the remainder of the round. For 2 XP, you can get Imbued Ink. Living Ink enters play with two additional charges and takes up an Arcane slot instead of a Body slot. For 2 XP, you can get Eldritch Ink to choose another skill. You can spend 3 XP to get another version of Eldritch Ink, which gets you yet another skill. So uh, if you go all-in on Eldritch Ink, you can get uh, 3 of your 4 skills. For 3 XP, you can get Macabre Depiction. Living Ink gains Reaction after you reveal a Chaos token with a symbol. Exhaust Living Ink to place 1 charge on it. And finally, for 3 XP, you can get Vibrancy. Living Ink grants an additional plus one to the chosen skills and minus one to each other skill. So uh, I uh, tested this in my uh, Amina deck that I have uh, been playing around with. And uh, honestly, I found it a little underwhelming, the level Hmm. zero version, uh, simply because you are removing charges from it every turn. So I felt as though subtle depiction is pretty important. I agree. It, uh, yeah, just because I I had to remove a charge every turn, and when you choose Living Ink, you have to pick a skill. So I'm not sure which one I picked. It was either invest. It was either intellect or combat, and combat's kind of tricky because you need to play the Living Ink before you actually get start getting engaged with stuff. Mm-hmm. And if no enemies show up, then you've basically living ink doesn't really get to do very much, so mm-hmm. uh, subtle depiction would be uh be quite nice on that. What do you think about living ink metastrophic
1: so actually, I've been playing around with it a little bit, and i've um you know seen others in my local you know play area I've been playing it pretty extensively actually, and I agree that subtle depiction feels um it seems to be a common choice that um basically all of us are taking. The key thing about Subtle Depiction is that it triggers at the start of your turn. That's after the Mythos phase. So there's some fun stuff you can do there. Like if you take a defensive stat on Living Ink and then at the start of your turn, you decide whether you need it. In a general case though, like let's look at Living Ink. Just zero XP, it costs zero. Which is really good. Like it costs zero. Like it costs less than magnifying glass, and it gives you plus one to a skill. And it's in a slot that is not typically contested. It's the body slot. Yeah. So just spending zero night
0: and stuff like that.
1: exactly. So spending zero to get yourself plus one to um, an important, you know, important skill for a few turns is actually not that bad. And then where it starts getting better is when you once you start upgrading it. Like you do Subtle Depiction, you've had one XP, you've got two copies of this, by the way. Now you can get it to last like five or six turns for the most part. And and it also gives you lots of flexibility. Like you can do combat, you could do intellect. I think one thing that's really useful is if you do a, um, if you have a boost in offensive stat, like combat or intellect, you can say, I don't need to fight this turn. I'll turn off my Living Ink with Subtle Depiction. That's, I think, where it gets really good if you have a stat that you don't need all the time. Or if you're going all in on Willpower as a Mystic, you can say, all right, well, I've got this boost in the Mythos phase, my one Willpower boost, but then when I start, I'm probably not going to shrivel anything this turn. I'm going to move. Let's turn it off. So in my opinion, just Living Ink with one XP on Subtle Depiction is actually pretty good right there. And then it just gets better because... um, once you hit three XP, three XP, by the way, for two copies, now you're up to Eldritch And now you've got a, um, basically the equivalent of a two stat ally that costs zero. Okay. To put into play and isn't using a body slot. This is, so we're up to the level of those composures from edge of the earth, the really good composures from edge of the earth, but it's three XP for two of them. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? Like the efficiency starts to get better and better as you go. It's pretty nice. And then you, when you hit the top end, when I mean, you've spent 10 XP on two copies of this, honestly, I think it starts competing with Key of East in its like efficiency. If you like load this thing up with 10 XP, because unlike Key of East, you don't have to put horror on it. And you've got enough abilities on this thing to keep it around like basically forever, like Macabre Depiction, especially. Yeah. Or imbued ink for five charges on each one. and that you've got and you're adding a plus one or even plus two to like two or three skills like this this gets really good like it rewards you at the uh, you know, for maxing it out it's really strong
0: (laughs) yeah as as much as i found it sort of underwhelming at level zero and that might just be because i hadn't played it very much and maybe chose the wrong skill as soon as you get subtle depiction it gets a lot better and then you know even if you just pick up macabre depiction so yeah, you can keep this thing recharged. I mean, you're getting plus one to your chosen mm-hmm. skill. Basically, on every turn, you're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Your choice, and then of course, from there, you can, if you want an extra skill, you can pay another two XP. If you want to add, uh, you know, pick up vibrancy, you can do that. So you're getting plus two, mm-hmm. and probably minus ones to skills you don't much care about on that particular turn. So yeah. as a solo player, obviously shifting ink, I don't care about that. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see how you could plow 10 XP into this and, uh, very, yeah. very easily, which is, uh, not the case with some of the, uh, certainly some of the customizables that we have seen up to this point where you either don't need to spend XP at all or, Your XP uh, budget is quite small.
1: Yeah, so one thing I also want to mention that I've noticed is from one local player who's made like a really good job of a whole deck around this is if you look at Macabre depiction, it says after you reveal a Chaos Token with a symbol, that's after you reveal a Chaos Token for any reason. Not a skill test. So what he realized is that you know that um, errata that recently came out, like well, not recently, like six months ago, that um, allowed a lot of the mystic spells that trigger off of um, drawing symbols, mm-hmm. like uh, Voice of Ra, for example. They're not skill tests, but they still reveal tokens, which cool. hits your macabre depiction. This includes blesses. This includes curses. This includes things like Voice of Ra. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, if if you work this thing, like, you can get it to stay in play for a very long time between Subtle Depiction and either Imbued Ink. Imbued Ink I also like a lot because it opens up possibilities for like off-class mystics who don't need your arcane slots, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, cause sure. then, cause if it takes up an arcane slot, then you can have two of them in play and, uh, you can get some really hilarious results. Like if you load up completely, you can have Diana Stanley with a negative one willpower and sevens in her other stats, which is hilarious. Or you can have Patrice with eight willpower and then zeros in her other three stats if you really wanna be. If you really wanna be really funny.
0: So needless to say, uh, I think both of us uh, quite like Living Ink. Level zero version, having to remove a charge every time is is kind of annoying because if you pick the wrong skill or things just don't sort of work out in the game, you may end up wasting it. But once you start plowing xp into this thing it uh, can get very powerful very very quickly and uh Mm -hmm. once you have a chance to play it if you pick up either imbued ink or macabre depiction it's probably going to stay on the table for the remainder of the game and uh, you're going to be benefiting from you know at least plus one to your skill and if you pick up vibrancy possibly plus two or if you happen to pick up uh imbued ink you can play two living inks at the same time and then you're getting plus two to your skill so there's lots of different options here a lot of them are very very good much like the uh the runic axe that we looked at in the guardian reviews you can't really go wrong with this one i think
1: now because it doesn't take up an ally slot or a hand slot or an accessory because it's an off slot it's also cost zero so this is one of those cards where like Any investigator who can take it, it's like you might be able to, it might be good for you.
0: The next (laughs) mystic customizable card we're going to talk about is the Summoned Servitor. Two-cost asset with a willpower skill icon and the summon trait customizable. As an additional cost to play Summoned Servitor, you must discard another asset you control Summon Servitor enters play at your location, it can take one action during each of your turns, which can only be used to take the following action, which is move Summon Servitor to a connecting revealed location. Summon Servitor takes up an ally slot and an arcane slot, and unlike most allies, it uh, doesn't begin the game with any health or sanity. It is uh, unique, so you can only have one Summon Servitor on the table at a time. Summon Servitor has eight customizations. For one XP, you can get Armored Carapace. Summon Servitor gains a health value of three, and it can be assigned damage dealt to any investigator at its location. Then you have uh, three options, Claws That Catch, Jaws That Snatch, and Eyes of Flame, each of which costs one XP, and they basically... Give you a fight, evade, or investigate at the location with a base value of 4. With Claws that catch, you get to ignore, aloof, and retaliate. With Jaws that snatch, you get to aler- ignore, alert, and uh, Eyes of Flame doesn't give you any special ability. It'd be nice if it got rid of Shroud, or uh, Haunted, that would be pretty nice.
1: Oh, Yeah. (laughs) For 1xp,
0: you can pick up Wings of Night. After Summon Servitor moves from your location to a connecting location, you may move to that location as well. Uh, Keep in mind that uh, the Summon Servitor can only move to revealed locations, so you can't really use it as a scout. Mm -hmm. For 2xp, you can pick up Dominance. Summon Servitor no longer takes up a Circle 1 Arcane slot or Ally slot. For 3 XP Dreaming Call, you get, uh, instead of discarding another asset you control in order to play Summon Servitor, you may return that asset to its owner's hand. So rather than discarding it, you bounce the the asset back to your hand. And for 5 XP, you can get Demonic Influence. Summon Servitor can take two different actions instead of one during each of its turns. So it's either, you know, unless you pick up claws that catch jaws that snatch or eyes of flame it's gonna move twice so it's kind of like six xp at least that you're spending on that to get the uh the benefit now the base version of summon servitor i think is just bad
1: well it doesn't do anything doesn't do anything it, <laughs> yeah. you play
0: it on the table it can move around takes up a bunch of your slots and you had to discard an asset to get control of it which is not great, so the uh, it has a pretty high cost and very little benefit. So, you have to spend XP to uh, to bump this thing up a little bit. Armored Carapace seems kind of essential, so it at least has some health, so it can mm. take a hit for you mm. if what? you need the extra health. I know an investigator like Amina, who only has five health, might uh, be interested in that. Jaws that Catch, Jaws that Snatch, and Eyes of Flame. You're probably picking up some combination of those, depending on what you need. Now, if you uh, think back to Where the Gods Dwell, we had the Summoned Hound, which for 1 XP, you are basically getting a free-triggered ability that lets you fight or investigate once per round with a base skill value of 5 starts with 3 health. The big difference here is that you have to get a weakness shuffled into your deck for the yeah. summoned hound. So, for the summoned servitor, you would probably need to spend to get a basic summoned hound. You're spending, say, one on armored carapace and then oh, picking up right. claws, jaws, right. or eyes depending on on what you need. And you sort of end up with a summoned hound at that point that can move around the table.
1: Well that's actually part of the problem is unlike the summon hound this thing has to move around the table which takes up its action for the turn. So let what do you, you think, about, do you think about the servitor? Exp- I don't think it's very good because I think um it start okay it's the fact that you've got to discard another asset. All right. It takes up an ally slot and an arcane slot. So it's like it's really like it really starts off in a very low low and then you got to dump XP in order to get it to like catch up to eat normal like zero XP ally. I think it's got a lot against it. To be honest, the fact that it has to move around is actually like a real downside, because it means that often enough, it's only actually doing its thing, like whether it's probably often investigate every other turn, because it's got to catch up with you, and it only gets one action. Unless you want to play Denonic Influence and dump another 5 XP just to get this thing like actually up to like a regular ally where it helps you once around.
0: Yeah, that seems particularly but, bad in solo, I like where this. I tend to move yeah. pretty quickly. So the chance that you're like moving multiple yeah. locations and this thing is just sort of dragging behind you for the rest of the game. Exactly.
1: And that's kind of the problem. It's good. really slow. And um, also the th- the three things it really does is claws, jaws, and eyes. But the thing is, the Mystic can already do those with events and shriveling and right of seeking you know a sixth sense like you don't need the ally to do this for you do, do you see what I'm saying yeah. like you can run just a normal spell and then the normal spell follows you around you know like it's a lot of work to get half an action a turn is what I'm getting at and also crucially this is what uh, really kills it for me where's the ally trait on it Charlie can't take it <laughs> you can't even have Charlie can use it
0: yeah, when I when I first read this thing, I mean the base the base card is bad. So that's not a well, great place to start off with where it, you look at nothing. the base card and you're like, well, this stinks. There's no upside to playing this. So I'm gonna have to plow XP into it just to bring it up to like yeah. a decent ally when I could just pay two XP and get two copies of Summoned Hound that basically do everything yeah. you need.
1: Yeah, and I you think don't the way have to, to do waste it is... an
0: action having this thing follow you know having the summon hound exactly. follow you around the table the summon yeah. hound is with you i mean you have to take a weakness for it but there are ways around that
1: I yeah mean, play can... like parallel fates or scroll of secrets spend the xp on mitigating the weakness rather than boosting up the summon servitor which by the way you can only have one of even though you're spending xp for two yeah Note that. so it does suffer yeah.
0: from that problem as well where you're I mean you're you're paying XP but you're you're probably overpaying because you're only ever going to get one which mm-hmm. is not uh, particularly great. The other thing I think about this one, yeah, this is this is one of those cards. One of the things I I noted about a lot of the customizables is that you're you know when you're buying, paying XP for a card, you are getting skill icons, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that's not the case with the customizables. You're not getting... You're paying, say, 5, 10 XP for a card, but you're not getting the skill icon. So even if you draw your second copy of Summon Servitor, you have a 10 XP card with one skill icon on it. So it's like it's underpowered compared to what you could get. I mean, you look at just off the top of my head. I mean, you look at the Necronomicon, right? You're paying a ton of XP for the Necronomicon, but you're getting, what, 4, 5 that's true like
1: yeah. the
0: one willpower on icon on this is just not i did yeah. sort of look at this one i'm like okay maybe there's something if you play this with a doom deck where you can bounce you know you add doom to one of your assets and then you play the summon servitor to bounce yeah, get back true. to your hand and get rid of the doom but yeah, Again, pr- that seems like a lot of work when you can just play. And, and you got to spend XP and... to
1: get, and you got to spend XP to get Dreaming Call. That's more XP, you know. Yeah, yeah. I admit, I'm not a big fan of this. It's the fact that it has to move. I think that's the. I think that's my main problem with it. The fact that it has to follow you, and that is its action for the turn. If it, if all it did was like, just stay, like stay in your play area, and could use its claws or use its jaws like like a summoned hound, but a more customizable version of the summoned hound, like that would probably work fine, you know? And you wouldn't have to mess about with it with moving it around to only uh, only uh, revealed locations, by the way. So it's like, it's kind of awkward to have it split up, you know, and go in a separate direction. Yeah, that's, not... it's,
0: that's the strange thing about mm-hmm. this because it's like, okay, it's an unusual ally in that it's not in your ally slot, technically. It's on the table, yeah roaming around so why would i want Mm -hmm. an ally that has this ability Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and to me it would be okay i want it to go explore i want to be able to be at a location and there's a connect Uh. an unrevealed connecting location and i go go servitor go find out what's over there and say the servitor goes to that location and there's an enemy and i'm like okay servitor I need to go to this location but I want you to kill the enemy first. So yeah, it would you know it would have some use but mm-hmm. the whole moving to only revealed locations immediately yeah. kills that sort of strategy which I don't So quite it has to understand just
1: follow you. Yeah, it has to like follow you around. That's kind of the problem.
0: So then you're spending, you know, it gets only one action per turn. Like maybe if it started with two actions
1: I'd feel better about that because then at least it could like move it could like move and do a thing every turn. I'd feel a lot better about that, or at
0: least move twice so if you know if it yeah, so to catch, catch up, with, up you. with you, yeah, I think that would be that would feel a lot better than than mm-hmm. only moving once and then having to plow some x p into it to either get well i mean mm-hmm. really you need demonic influence but then it's take two different actions instead of one so you can't double move with it anyway exactly so i mean at
1: least demonic influence covers the problem of of ha- it has to catch up to you and then do a thing you know and but still it's five xp when you could just have a, a regular ally and by the way it takes up an arcane slot by the way don't 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 forget that you know this yeah. is your shriveling slot you know that it's also taking up
0: this is the this is kind of sad because of the customizables this was i mean this was spoiled When they, I believe they announced the set. So it was one of the first customizables we saw. As a Mystic player, I was pretty excited about this one. But then the more you dig into it and you're just like, I could try to make this work or I could just buy a Summoned Hound for 2 XP. Yeah. What's the point?
1: Yeah. And also like, I I wonder if what happened with this card is during development. I wonder, the fact that it can like break off from you and go other places... I have a feeling like that can just accidentally break scenarios like, like Luke Robinson manages to do, you know, just, so I guess what I'm saying is like, you're kind of, it's kind of capped on what it, on how much it can do because you could accidentally end up breaking the game,
0: you know, yeah. kind of like
1: Luke Robinson dropping, bar- dropping barricades at random spots, you know, I right. wonder, I wonder if, if there's some pro, so it's, it just seems like something that's like a really hard to like make good without it breaking the game. So, yep, all counts against it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of interesting. Like, I've, we've seen those, you know, mystic, or not mystic, seeker decks that can sort of investigate from afar, right? So yeah, Min yeah. hunkers down oh. or Rex or somebody and mm-hmm. you investigate locations from afar. I mean, that would be kind of an interesting idea with this thing where it's like, okay, yes. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to send my servitor out he's going to go do all the the investigating. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a neat deck idea to play around with, but you can't do it's it so because slow. you can't, you know, unless you're playing multiplayer and it's following some people around.
1: That's true. You know. It's true. And it just because it has to move, it's slow. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think most investigators will easily outpace this thing, especially it's, in solo that's, like when I That's what just, I've
1: noticed so far is we just keep going and then this thing has to like spend its time catching up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, summon servitor, not, uh, not great to start with. And, uh, you have to plow a ton of XP into it to even Mm -hmm. get it up to, to be usable, which uh, is not great. And then your, uh, your mileage may vary in play because, uh, Unless you're moving extremely slowly, uh, which I tend not to do when I play, this thing is going to be constantly lagging behind you. So if you kind of like the summon servitor idea, go pick up Where the Gods Dwell and buy yourself a summon town and basically get this thing. You at least get the fight and uh, investigate Mm -hmm. as a free triggered ability, which is better, so...
1: Yeah, Summon Hound does basically what you want Sovereign Servitor to do. Like the template of it where it's like it's an ally that has, that takes a, that fast action does a thing, that it, you know you exhaust it, you do a thing. It kind of does everything that su- like you want to be doing with the Summon Servitor without all the weird hullabaloo, you know, of like putting it on the board. Yeah. yeah. So
0: uh, we're, we we uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're not rating the customizable cards simply because they're just uh... They have too many options, and they uh they fit in uh they can go in so many different types of decks and depending on what you spend your x p on they could be better or worse but uh definitely comparing summon servitor to uh living ink summon servitor uh does not yeah. look particularly good
1: Nah, uh, living okay. ink just pass more tests yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh
0: not sure I will be uh, building a summon servitor deck anytime soon.
1: Or you can turn enemies into your servitors with the next card we're going to talk about.
0: That's right. Speaking of uh, turning enemies into allies, we have Power Word. Three mm-hmm. cost event with an intellect skill icon and the spell trait customizable fast. Play only during your turn. Attached to a non-elite enemy at your location... As an action, if attached enemy is at your location parlay, give it a command. Limit once per round per command. The first command is go. This enemy moves once in a direction of your choice. And the Mm -hmm. second is cower. This enemy exhausts. Power word comes with eight customizations. There's a lot here, so uh, buckle up. For one XP, you can pick up betray, add the command, deal one damage to any enemy at this enemy's location with an equal or lower fight value than this enemy. Mercy adds the command, an investigator at this enemy's location heals damage or horror equal to this enemy's respective damage slash horror value. For one XP, you can get confess, Add the command, confess, discover one clue at this enemy's location if its health is equal to or higher than its location's shroud. For 1 XP, you can get distract, automatically evade any enemy at this enemy's location with an equal or lower evade value than this enemy. For 2 XP, you can get greater control, power word gains the free triggered ability, return power word to your hand. So you can dump it on an enemy, and then if somebody happens to need to kill that enemy or it's time for that enemy to leave, you get your Power Word back. For 3 XP, you can get Bonded. You may activate the Parlay ability on Power Word from up to one location away from the attached enemy. For 3 XP, you can get Tongue Twister. When when you Parlay with Power Word, you may give up to two different commands. And finally, there is Thrice Spoken for 3 XP. You may include three copies of Power Word in your deck. When you give a command using one copy, also give that command to each other enemy with one of your copies of Power Word attached. Oh, I need to take a rest a after there. Uh, reading all of that text. <laughs> what do you think about Power Word, Matastrophic?
1: So I think this actually does what Summon Servitor tries to do, but better. However, there is one thing you really have to wrap your mind around when looking at this card that enemy that you've attached Power Word to, it is still hostile to you. So it will still hunt you. It will still deal damage to you. Okay. So what this means is that if you attach Power Word to something and you say go, in the enemy phase, it will still hunt back and, and they'll still hit you. Like Power Word doesn't nullify the enemy at all. It lets you, it lets you send it out to do things, but it's still going to keep coming after you. So the thing about Power Word that you have to like really think about is like the fact that you have to spend actions to parley with it can get pretty inefficient pretty quickly so i think this is where you're really looking at tongue twister to get it move to get this thing moving but i think this thing like it seems like it's it seems okay like even at level 0 because you can put it on an enemy that's engaged with you if it's not a hunter you can just send it away and then um there it is you've ev- it's like you've evaded it or you can spend an action to exhaust it and it's like you've auto evaded it which kind of works you know, like fast action, automatically evade an enemy. That's not bad. You know you know what I mean? Like that's, and that's with no XP on this thing. But then later on, I think you can, I think the, um, what's it? I think the distract one gets really interesting because you can have it start, you can make a pile of enemies and then have them distract each other. Like, I, I, I think there's like uses for this is what I'm getting at. I, I think this actually scales up pretty well. You know, compared, especially compared to the Summon Servitor, because it, there's no, like, limits on how many times you can parlay. So if you can get yourself in fourth action with, like, Leo DeLuca or um, Haste is another good one, I think you could really get this thing to, like, do a lot for you. On top of just nullifying a non-elite enemy as a fast action. So I think this one's pretty good is, 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 is what I'm trying to say here.
0: So I've gone back and forth on this one since it was spoiled mm-hmm. uh, way back during the, uh, the Scarlet Keys announcement. Uh, I have actually played with Power Word and uh, the level zero version is pretty good. I do quite like it. So an enemy shows up, you can play power word on it, and then you can immediately auto-evade it without yeah. making a skill test, which is really good. It gets even better in scenarios where you need to crisscross the map multiple times. So I was mm-hmm. happened to be playing it in extracurricular activity, the uh, return two version. I ended up with one of those, I forget the name of the enemy, but big nasty enemy. Drop this on it. I was crisscrossing the map whenever I needed to face this enemy. I'd simply auto evade it and move on. So it was never Mm -hmm. a threat. I think it would be also good in something like Ruins of Etsli where you can drop this on something. You go to the temple, grab the thing you need. You start heading back for the entrance. Power Word controls it. Now I have heard of uh, the Power Word deck that uh, basically you go all in on Power Word uh, you pick up tongue twister because apparently that is uh, that is necessary to really get this yeah. thing going because you need to be able to give more than one command and then basically in multiplayer you've got the one guy who's playing the power word deck and is you know playing all of the uh, enemies and uh, manipulating <clears throat> them like a, a grand puppet master and uh Things can get apparently pretty crazy. Now, I have not tried Power Word at anything but level zero. And I kind of feel like this, it doesn't work in solo. Simply because you don't have the actions to really use it. And then you've got to sort of pick... You know, depending which of these abilities you're picking. I see. And which enemies um, you get. And because in like in multiplayer, you can be guaranteed yeah, enemies more. are going to show up early and often. And yeah. in solo, that's not necessarily the case. You could go a whole game and not mm-hmm. draw an enemy. Or you could go a large part of the game and not draw an enemy. And then if the which... enemy doesn't jive with what you're trying to do... Okay. You're going to be like, okay, I I need, I say which one would be good. Let's say I want to discover clues, right? So you need a high health enemy. So not only do you need an enemy to show up in solo, but you need a high health enemy to show up in solo. Right. And then you need, you know, if you don't get the high health enemy, then you need an enemy, say, with at least three health, four health to take out the big locations that you want to deal with. It just, it just seems like in solo there's, you just don't get the choice of enemy like you would in multiplayer to be able to really make this thing work. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, it works just as well in solo, but my, my Hmm. solo intuition tells me that you could spend an awful lot of XP on this and then end up not being able to use it as effectively as you
1: think. I think the way to go in solo is you consider this as, I think there's there's some gold there in distract. Because distract, if you have two enemies at a location, you can distract twice, and it'll evade both of them. And I think there's, I think there's something to be said about that. So if you're playing solo, you're not drawing enemies every turn, but imagine that you have one power word, It's, and it's a fast action and like, yeah, you spend some actions doing it, but you can deal with the first two enemies that show up from the encounter deck with one power word, you know, because when you need to, you can have them distract each other. Right. I think there's something there. The fact that like, it's like card slot efficiency, you know, I play one power word and I've dealt with two enemies. Yeah. And I think if you do like distract and maybe like tongue twister, I think there might be something there. You know, where you can be like, I'll have this one exhaust, and I'll have it exhaust itself, and distract the other one. Yeah, I think that's. I think there's something there.
0: Yeah, that's. And it doesn't require you to go all in.
1: And also, the thing about distract is that evade values kind of cluster. Like, there's not a lot of enemies with like giant evade values, and there's not a lot with very, really tiny evade values. They tend to be like all twos and threes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, if you so that so what I'm getting at is that a three evade enemy is kind of common, and it'll cover most of the enemies in the game it's not like the problem with um with what's it um confess where you have you really have to get a high a high health enemy like something that's like six health the fact that distract a lot of evade values are kind of clustered around two or three means that if you just draw a three of eight enemy it's kind of common like it'll evade a lot of stuff yeah. and uh, yeah that's a good point yeah.
0: i mean maybe maybe in yeah. solo distract is the way to go and then you're not investing yeah. a ton of xp in it and you're getting a pretty good ability that will mm-hmm. deal with uh, multiple enemies and as anybody who's ever played solo multiple enemies can get uh, out of hand pretty quickly so yeah. if you were able to say distract and tongue twister that's four xp
1: yeah that's you got two copies of it at that point and you can be like as one action you could have it Exhaust itself and distract another enemy, and that's one action. You've taken care of two enemies. You walk away, and then, um, you know, and then hopefully it's done for a while, you know, mm-hmm. until the pressure comes back. Like I, th- I think there's something there. Is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, you might even want to go and pick up bonded for three XP so you can activate the parlay ability from a location. Yeah, array, there which you go. Kind of solves the whole. Uh-huh. problem with hunters right it's like okay I've, I've dealt with the hunter True. for a turn and then I run away but now it's going to chase me and so I either have to go move backwards to deal with the hunter before it attacks me at least bonded mm-hmm. you could be like keep them keep those enemies sort of permanently tied up or at least tied okay. up enough that you could get say yeah, one get location more away and then you move yeah. again they hunt toward you and then you distract them again. So you can keep them at bay that way. So yeah, that's actually a pretty, I think I may have to try that. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, this uh, might be worth it. And then if you really want to go all in on it, I think with, because Thrice spoken, it lets you with one action trigger multiple power words. I think there might be something there is like, let's say you're at the end game, right? And there's like four enemies on the board. And then you with one action you can have them go like they can all go like distract cower and then that's like four or six enemies taken care of in one action like and that's like the worst case I think there might be something there is what I'm getting at I think with distract yeah yeah
0: and this and, is actually one of the you know we've seen a, a few customizable cards where it's either unique or it's limit one per you know one per investigator so, you're overpaying for XP. Mm-hmm. This is one of those where I think you could spend, like, if you're willing to invest. Um, so, one for Distract, another three for Tongue Twister, maybe another three for Thrice Spoken.
1: That's seven, and then three for Bonded, bonded and you got it. You're there. You've got an evasion machine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, right. that's yeah. that's 10 XP, which is a pretty big ask in a solo You deck. do get
1: three copies. You do get three copies. You though. do get three so copies, but... Uh, it's kind of like they're 3 XP each. Kind of. Yeah. So, which is uh, bad.
0: Yeah. But if you are playing yeah. multiplayer, then you've got a... Uh, I think you can... You have a few more options because you're you're going to have yeah. enemies reliably where solo it's not necessarily the case i mean i did play last night and i had three enemies on the table so if i happened to be playing power word i probably could have kept them all
1: distracted so Mm -hmm. i also think i do think in multiplayer confess starts to look a little better because often enough you can run into a problem especially in like four player where you have a two per investigator clue location so you're sitting on something that's like low shroud but has eight clues on it and you just don't want to like stick around so I think then I I think at that point, especially since you have a more you have more enemies being drawn, so you can, you're you're more reliably able to hit a four health enemy with confess, and then use confess to have to just park it at a location and have it get clues. Like I think there might be something there. I think it's a little better because it's it's a it's an auto discovery, mm-hmm. and one thing about this game with auto clue discovery is that they tend to be events. So having something auto discover eight clues is kind of hard to get. You know, in this game. So if you have uh, confess slowly auto discovering clues for you, I I think there might be something to that in multiplayer. Yeah.
0: I am curious how this would operate in multiplayer if you have a dedicated guardian at the table as well. Is that something you would have to talk about beforehand if you're like, okay, I'm I'm the guy who wants to control all the enemies, and then the Guardian's kind of sitting there like, well, I was planning to kill all those things.
1: I got to admit, that is kind of a classic problem of Arkham, is um, there's often not enough enemies for a table table to deal with. There's just not enough of them get drawn. Um, So what I'm saying is just having two Guardians at the table before Power Word, like already you have this problem. yeah. Right. just not enough to do yeah right. you know, yeah this...
0: so so one one consideration you may want to talk to your group if you're planning to bring a power like a fully souped up power word deck to the game maybe coordinate with your uh, your fellow players so somebody doesn't show up with their favorite guardian and then basically sits there and picks off yep. you know one enemy a game as you play master Control puppeteer killers, and, yeah. and have everything dancing to your uh,
1: dancing yep. to your drum.
0: I could see that being uh, kind of frustrating.
1: There is however one really glaring flaw, like almost a, an almost fatal flaw. You'll have to clarify whether it actually kills the card. The Marvel Champions artwork is kind of a problem. It's a, it's literally the wrong game. That's the Scarlet Witch. That's uh, not an yes art it investigator. Is yeah
0: except purple not red i mean if they had drawn a red i think they put it through a
1: photoshop i think they put it through photoshop in order to like cover up for the fact that they accidentally got back marvel champions artwork Mm -hmm. for this card yeah I, i i think that's one problem so i think what we need to do is we need to just put the word out we need to get them to taboo the art because it's clearly the wrong art a rat of the art even
0: that's going to do it for our look at the mystic customizable cards in uh, the Scarlet Keys investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below what you think a pretty, um, uh, pretty good crop of customizables here, actually between living yeah. ink and power word, uh, a couple yeah. of, of, uh, customizables where you could uh, definitely sink a pile of XP, uh, into either mm-hmm. of them and have a pretty potent, uh, Card on your hands. Uh, Unfun. Unfortunately, the uh, the poor servitor uh, mm.
1: is too uh, slow. Too
0: slow. He's dragging behind. You know, yeah. he's he's living up to his name. He's sort of behind from the beginning, and uh, I don't think he ever catches up, regardless of how much XP you uh, you plow into him. He's so
1: even unique. Like, why would he be unique? I don't know. I have a feeling he was like kind of busted in playtesting, and they had to like nerf it down because like cards like that that go, that can be that can let you do things while not at your own location. We've seen with Luke Robinson can get out of hand. I have a feeling that's what happened. Yep.
0: But uh, yeah, as a uh, as a Mystic player, I am uh, glad that the uh, at least two of the three customizables here are uh, are of interest, and I'm definitely going to give yeah. the uh, the whole distract bonded tongue twister uh, deck a try to see whether that uh, whether that indeed is a powerhouse in in solo or not that's gonna do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang. lang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer take care out there and happy investigating